0: Hello comrades. Uh, we got a very, very special thing for you tonight. Uh, we're coming to you from the shadow of the Grand Opera House. We're posted up in a bunker underneath uh, Chelsea Tavern. We made our way over here to join the Democratic Black Caucus in Delaware to watch the DNC debate. We're about halfway through right now uh, and it's been as terrible as you can imagine. Uh, We're being hosted by a great friend of the program, Kobe Owens. So what I'm hoping to do is get a few minutes with some of the folks here, get some reaction, um, see what they think of this made-for-TV reality show um, that we put the candidates through. Uh, Although I am a big fan of debate, I am not a fan of this format. It's unproductive and ridiculous. Uh, But Castro went after Biden, so that was fun. So let's see who we can, uh, walk around the room and, uh, and commandeer over here.
1: If Private night, uh, September 15th, 2020 goes good, I'll sing again. All right.
0: <laughs> We're all going to be in there. So <laughs> as you can hear, we pulled in our, our great host, Kobe Ellens, um, He's he's hosting us down here, and uh, I think the the photo that we're going to use for this special episode is going to be you jacking up Ted Cruz yesterday. <laughs> I hope everybody gets an opportunity to see it because it is it is wonderful.
1: Yeah, Ted was uh, he was not excited to see me the other day multiple no, times. No,
0: he was not. <laughs> so we're here. We, we're we just finished the first half of the debate. You know, what's your what are your uh, immediate thoughts about this uh, spectacle that we're looking at?
1: Yeah, so I, I definitely um, think that this debate um, was highly anticipated, um, but it's not following through with all the hype. Um, you know, we've been talking about healthcare, We've been talking about gun violence. We've been talking about criminal justice reform. Um, I think the people want to start hearing big, bold policies, and we're just hearing a lot of um, talking points over and over again and really not getting to the heart of the issue um, from some of the major candidates. I think um, Julian Castro and Beto um, probably did the best in the first half, and a lot of people paid homage to how um, Beto handled the situation in El Paso. And um, regardless of if you support him or not, I, I honestly think that one was not political at all. Um, that was very much him being at home with his community and wanting to heal um, uh, uh, heal the families that had their children, had their um, family members ripped away from them. So um, I think that was honorable ever everyone. Um, but then in there, at the very beginning, you saw the debate between Medicare for All um, and adding on to what Obamacare has already done. And you saw how... Um, Vice President Biden took ownership of what happened in the ACA um, and why it was so good. And it has been beneficial to a lot of people, but we cannot stop there. We have to go a lot further. Any of these programs, it's going to take some time. It's going to take 60 votes in the Senate no matter what. Um, So all of them have a lot of work to do ahead of them. Um, For Medicare for All, it's going to take a little more work. Um, for the simple fact that we have Democrats who still don't um, agree that we should eliminate private assurance or we should have everyone on affordable and um, affordable health care.
0: Yeah, well, let me bring this up because this was a topic of the first half of uh, eliminating the filibuster. You said it yourself that uh, it's going to take 60 votes in the Senate to do X, Y, and Z, but that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny because the candidate, obviously, I support, uh, is, is talking about that he doesn't agree w- with uh, eliminating the filibuster. But I think that given cer- certain context or given certain circumstances, he certainly would. So what are your f- what what did you think about what's your you know, sort of your personal opinion politically or, or what you thought about some of the candidates talking about the filibuster? Thing?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm not in favor of eliminating it. I know we differ on that. Um, but here's my thing. When it comes to getting assistive votes, one of the things, you have to just win the Senate seats. Um, and that starts by going and meeting the people where they're at in these Senate um, districts. Um, if you look at places like Georgia that has two seats up now, you're not going to win by talking a bunch of yik-yak on a national level. You have to go in and talk to them about the issues that matter most to them. Why are they losing? You know, Why are they filing bankruptcy? Why are they having these issues? And what are you going to present to them? It's, it cannot always be the national conversation. You have to localize the issue. You have to bring people who are working on the ground together because the best solutions come from a um, well-grounded game of people who are directly affected um, and very proximate to the issue.
0: Yeah, we're not going to agree on the filibuster (laughs) thing, but, I mean, we have bigger – like that, you know, and I – I, do, I don't I do get bogged down with technocratic stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that, like I said, given the right context, I even think you might agree with uh, with it. But let's hit a couple other uh, sort of large things in the, in the first half and get your comment on that, and then we'll walk around and see if there's anybody else around we can talk mm-hmm. to. Um, Beto, not only do I give him a lot of credit, and I do agree with you that I think that all of the shout-outs to him about how he handled the shooting uh, was uh, sincere, mm-hmm. and I feel sort of the same way. And he took it a step further tonight and basically said, you know, people don't know how we're going to buy back the guns or do this or that. It's like, no, we got to get the guns. And he was very clear about that. And I think it was a bold stand. I think, obviously, politically, it's not good. uh, But I think he knows that he's not in the top tier. So he's not, there's nowhere for him to go anyway. So he's free to basically say what probably should be said. And I thought that was very admirable
1: yeah i mean as of right now time and time again we read these headlines of another child being killed with ar-15 a church being shot up a mall being shot up um these are the things that people are so tired of seeing these are weapons of mass destruction weapons not meant for hunting but weapons that can mow people down within seconds 30, 40 people down. If you have extended magazines, even more people than that. Um, If you have extra attachments, thank God we banned the bump stock, but there's so many extra things that you can add on to the um, weapons, to the firearms, that make them even more dangerous. I think it's time for us as a nation to look at where our priorities are. Are we saying that we care more about um, metal and plastic than we do flesh and blood? Because that is not... um, For me, at least, that is not something um, I'll ever compromise on. I honestly think that everyone deserves the right to their life. Um, Guns have affected my life since I was little. I am so used to hearing gunshots now um, in the city of Wilmington. I can tell you almost what type of gun or how far away it is. Um, That is not normal. Um, I have little cousins who are going through these active shooter drills who come home and they act that out now. That is not normal for children to do. Yeah, we play cops and robbers, but this is in school where teachers are being directed to act like they're being killed or killing someone else. This is not um, something that we should normalize in America, what we should normalize is the fact that we are providing well-funded schools um, to provide a proper education for our kids, to be able to succeed in life, not be scared.
0: Yeah, and again, I mean, my, my view of guns is very complicated, but I do appreciate somebody just coming up and saying, look, I don't think this type of weapon is good. I think we should take them back. I know there's a, you know, a small but vocal group who have a fetish about it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, at least you have somebody saying what they think. Now, whether that is you know politically feasible or politically appropriate or or advantageous, it probably is, I'm sure it isn't. You actually leaned over to me and mentioned that it's not advantageous. Yeah. But 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 it's but again he he wasn't he knows his position and he knows that. It, you know, it does help with a few people and say, oh, that guy's being sincere. You know, he really thinks, you know, it's not weapons themselves or arms mm-hmm. themselves, but it's a certain kind that people just shouldn't have. And, you know, we got to talk about it and at least understand that that's a that that's a position that's that's reasonable for somebody to take whether it, it wins the day or whether people like it or not he stood up for it which yeah, i think is pretty Yeah, nice. i
1: agree with that. It starts with education and understanding what exactly the bill is going to be or the piece of legislation is going to be that takes away these guns. The first thing democrats in West Virginia, democrats in Texas here are you're taking away our guns and they think it means all guns, handguns, all away, everything. Um you have to educate them on exactly why you're doing it um, and what's going to happen, um, What what's the benefit of this happening. Um, but this, you know, gun control is something that's very close to and near and dear to my family's heart. Um, my cousin, who was a representative from New York, Major Robert Odell Omens, um, he was the lone representative um, in 1992, and 1993, that introduced um, an amendment, a constitutional amendment um, that would actually repeal the Second Amendment, not to take away the rights of owning a gun, but to say if we would be able to license them, we would be able to offer insurance for them, very similar to how we do with cars right now. It would also allow for state governments to be able to regulate um, gun ownership and firearms a little bit better than what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, and I just want to highlight that um, although we don't have time to discuss it tonight, that the uh, the police shooting uh, of about a week ago happened, uh, you know, within your uh, neighborhood mm-hmm. and in your district, and uh, we're going to be talking about that quite a bit. Uh, moving forward, because I am completely dissatisfied with the amount of information that's going on about that. Yeah. But I know you have, you know, you've, you, you, you've been talking around the neighborhood and gotten some, but you know that's <coughs> that's not going to fly. But I guess my point is that again, sort of, uh, as I guess it was Cory Booker who brought up tonight, it really means something, and, and I guess that's why Beto was so strident in what he said was when you experience it up close like that in close quarters. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's it does a, and it, it has, it's very impactful, you know, and, and it's hard and, and Beto showed it tonight. It's hard to be political when you see it up close.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, just this year alone, there's been um, 14 people shot in my in a 10 block radius of my house. Um, of those um, people, I went to the scene of at least three of them. Um, and got to see the family members there. Got to see the first responders. Um, I got to see a body laid in the street, lifeless, of a person who was struck by a straight bullet. Um, their life cut short. Um, and it, it it it's so much different than when you're reading about it and hearing about it on the news. Because now you're sitting there and you start to imagine it's the little things that go through your head in that moment that could have been me that could have been my cousin that could have been my mom and stuff like that and you start to worry about their safety you start to worry about what when is this going to stop? What's going to happen next? Um, and things like that. What happened with the police shooting, and now the police chief in the mayor's office is talking about body cams, but they couldn't even get a DOJ grant to provide half the funding for it because they messed up. Here, here's the thing they should have been doing this months ago. They should have been doing this at the beginning of the administration because that's what the people were asking for since 2015. But yet, this administration, yet again, pit a put aside the needs of black and brown people and only focused on redeveloping Rodney Square, redeveloping downtown Wilmington. Here's the thing, body cams will not stop everything, but a body cam that night would have shown us the true picture of what's happening because I've heard conflicting um, stories from the community members and from the police.
0: Yeah, and um, that's why I'm glad that you've actually... Sort of infiltrated this space and allowed us to, to spend the, uh, some time underneath of this building because this building is built uh, is owned by Buccini Palm Group. I'm almost positive. I think they have a financial interest in the restaurant over our heads, and I think they should buy the fucking body cameras to be perfectly honest with you. And you know they they're very concerned with security in the city and understanding you know how people can be safe and protected. Uh, you know they step up you know when it's in their interest. So isn't this in their interest?
1: In the last committee hearing, um, Councilman Bash Turner talked about finding um, organizations, foundations, nonprofits um, to partner with that could help offset some of the costs for this. Um, the initial, it would be $2.5 uh, million for five years um, yeah. for the program, and uh, the body cameras that's not the expensive part. It's being able to store the data, the video data. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was cloud. 2
0: million. I think, you know, it was something like 2 million to start off with equipment and just training and everything. Yeah. But it was, it was almost half that every year. So, you know, uh, 800 grand a year is, is it you know, it is a lot of money, but again, there's a lot of money going through these areas. We just have to harness it and put it to use where it needs to be put to. Um, I hate to make a, <coughs> a quick segue, but it's, it's getting cool and I see a couple other people I want to talk to, but yeah. I want to get your feeling on um, <coughs> on Castro uh, gone after Delaware's uh, favorite definitely. old man, Biden. Dude, Castro, he went into him a little bit. I mean, I thought it was the most exciting part of the first half. <laughs> what is your feeling on this? No, definitely. I mean, the room was – was, uh, was, I don't want to say it was split because I think it, it, it wasn't, but, you know, we are – we are within the, the territorial confines of Delaware. So I think there was some people whose, whose buttholes kind of clenched up a little bit. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, most definitely. There, there were some people um, who didn't like the back and forth there. But also I think um, Julian spoke um, very um, truth to power there. He talked about the fact that. Um, vice President Biden always takes credit for um, President Obama's achievement. But as soon as there's a critique, a valid critique of something President Obama couldn't achieve, that greatness level wasn't reached there. Um, he always goes to, I was just a vice president. I yeah. Had no and power. frankly,
0: I wish there was I wish there was less of it. I don't like I think all of the comments about Beto were 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 sincere. But all the comments about praising Obama, he was great, he was great, he did this, he was this, uh, this and that. Like, you know, whatever you think of him, and I have my opinion sort of on the record, I certainly don't think it's necessary for everybody, look like, everybody to mention what they did and what he did and what they're going to do. And they're building on him. So let's not put It's it's a little bit like. That's the one thing I feel. If we don't get past that, we're not going to kind of break this thing open. And I think that's what kind of that's sort of what maybe what uh, what Castro meant when when he was like, "Well, this is what we're doing. Like, we're not right. No, like we're not. We're we're at each other for a reason. It's not like we we need to hash this all out."
1: That's the greatness of having primaries because we can debate the policy and where the party needs to go exactly. If you, like, in my real political, like actually working on campaigns, my very first campaign was Obama, um, 2007, 2008, being a block captain for him in his program that was very decentralized and grassroots, building up the community. I used to take all my friends into the office after school and everything like that. But also I got my organizing career started going up against president obama and some of the immigration policies he was um he was introducing we in 2012 we fought our butts off um for daca and i remember my very first rally i ever organized was in rodney square around daca um calling for the rights for students just like me at the time i was in high school Just like me to have proper protection so that they can get a proper education so they don't have to live their life in fear and things like that now is it was DACA good yes did DACA do enough no but we can say that about everything the ACA was amazing but it does not do enough we have to be able to hold all elected officials regardless of their party affiliation accountable for what they're running on and accountable to what the party platform is. We pro- we passed the most progressive uh, DNC in Delaware platform, but we have elected officials right now who use that to wipe their butts. Honestly, you have people who are in the state Senate who ignore the fact that we are pushing for gun um, reform, common sense gun reform in the state, but also you have people down in, uh, in D.C. who vote with Trump pretty much on everything Kristen Sinema from Arizona Joe Manchin from West Virginia Doug Jones from Alabama these are the type of Democrats that yes it's good to have conservative Democrats and I'm not saying we shouldn't have conservative Democrats because we are the Big Ten but I think it is imperative that we remind them that they are Democrats for a reason and this is the baseline of what we want and we need to all fight for this
0: junk to filibuster and they're irrelevant (laughs) No man, uh, uh, Kobe man. Thanks for thanks for hosting. Um, it, it's an, it's it's a nice time. We're gonna run to the bar. We're gonna get a quick beer, and uh, I see a few VIPs I want to talk to. So All right. uh, we're gonna cheer for now.
1: All right, take it easy.
0: All right, we just uh, tracked down uh, the uh, chairperson of the Delaware Women for Inclusion. Uh, Debbie Silverman, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. What's your uh, What's your take on the debate so far?
2: Um, I kind of feel that this third debate isn't really shaking anything up for me. I feel like um, it's solidifying what I've seen in the last two debates.
0: What have you seen in the last two debates?
2: <laughs> Good question. Um, I kind of went into it feeling that Joe Biden was going to be strong frankly stronger than he's sh- shown himself to be um elizabeth warren i think is doing better is doing as well as i hope she would um and i mean i know a lot of there are a lot of bernie sanders uh supporters in the room but i still feel he's just kind of an angrier version of joe biden
0: he's less angry than i am <laughs> If that's if, if that means anything.
2: But, you know, if I say that, I'll also say that I'm pretty much in agreement with all of these candidates. And yeah. any single one of them, if they win the primary, I'm going to work my ass off to try to help them get elected. Per-
0: that's perfectly fair. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think we fa- I agree with you. I think over the course of months, you know, debates and campaigning, I think Biden's looked incredibly weak. And I think Warren's looked f- fairly strong. So I do, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I mean, we got... I, in my opinion, we got to get Bernie in, but you know, there's. But I sort of feel, as you do, that once push comes to shove, we all got to jump on and do what do what we need to yeah.
2: do. Yeah, that's what real. I was talking about with Kobe. We have to be united. We can't. Uh, Booker said something really good. He said um, we can't let um, something about purity. We can't let purity stand in the way. It's like we can't let perfect be the enemy of the good, or something like that. You know what I'm saying.
0: I do know what you're saying. Um, We're we're still gonna. We're still gonna. This is the time to look for as close to perfect as we can get, maybe. But we'll see what we can do. I I appreciate you coming out, having a good time, Um, Debbie Silverman. Thank you. Thank
2: you.
3: Good night. I'm just glad to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were. uh, We were just speaking of our love of super producer Margaret. Yeah. Uh, And I've just uh, tracked down in the room uh, a newly minted city council member, Chris Johnson. Thanks, man. Thanks for uh, stepping over and sitting down.
3: Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) And and, um, I'm glad I have the energy to do this because, you know, one weekend has been a lot. You know, I've started to dig into the layers of council and... uh, you know we got a lot we got to do. We, you know we have a lot of, of change we need in the city.
0: How are you feeling about it so far? I mean, you, it's a it's a big move. I think a lot of people, at least a lot of people that uh, think the way that we do or that in our syndicate are extremely excited about it, um, because you have a commitment to sort of social justice wherever it is. And I think when you have that commitment, you look at any kind of sort of policy, any kind of uh, sort of uh, City issue with that in mind, so we feel very uh, optimistic about that. So yeah, we're happy to we're happy to see this turn of events.
3: Yeah, and and I would say I really got a just a great, you know, just intro because I uh, I've been fortunate. I have I've been assigned to the public safety committee, so we had a public safety committee meeting this past uh, Monday, and uh, the big issue was body cameras. And I I grill the uh, police department on what's going on with the grant, but not only what's going on with the grant that they apply for, but what is the effectiveness of body cameras? because it's a lot of money they're asking taxpayers to pay and my stance was that if we're going to do this, I want something that's effective, not something that just looks nice and shiny, but does like public safety actually increase? And the data's mixed on it, and, and and Chief Tracy admitted it, because it's not necessarily um, proven that safety increases. So so we'll see what happens with that debate.
0: Yeah, I mean personally, I think regardless of of, of sort of a uh, oh wait, there's a uh, there's a protest in the some sort of uh, there's a civil disobedience going on at the oh, uh, yeah. debate. What's going on? I don't know.
3: Must be. Uh, yeah. Which... 45 supporter.
0: I love this. I love... Any kind of disruption is something that I like. We can't really tell what's going on. We're is trying to get a word. Antifa? So, uh, yeah, Antifa is our army. you <laughs> <laughs> goddamn right. Oh, good. They're yelling at Biden, so that's good. Man, I, I'll tell you what. It's lasted a few minutes already.
3: It's going to make national news. Nice.
0: Are they uh, Are they uh, beeping out? Are they on a delay? I, I thought I heard... it. So yeah, uh, Joe Biden was getting ready to to answer a question, and there was a really large disturbance in the in the room. Maybe two minutes of of uh, a lot of protest and civil disobedience. So we're actually looking it up right now to kind of wow. try to figure out what uh, what just transpired because it was it, and yeah, a little bit of
3: action. I mean, it, you know, doing li- this, is, not thir- going out this live, is Thursday night, anyhow. and you know, Thursday nights. of football night, so <laughs> this is another form You'd of entertainment. Love it. <laughs> <You'd love it>. <laughs> <laughs> when I text you night, I'm
0: like, I'm texting you today because I heard the birds won. I am wand. a big fantasy sports nerd. Oh, DACA recipients. So how are they giving it? Because, I mean, uh, obviously we heard earlier tonight that Biden was taking credit for what Obama did with DACA, but so DACA recipients are... are oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that was exciting. I like that.
3: Yeah, no, and I think this primary needs a little excitement, you know. Yeah, because, um, you know, you know, I think both locally, you know, and nationally, we're looking at a lot of excitement. I feel already, you know, people announcing they're running, fresh candidates. You know, we really have a lot of opportunity to make some changes in 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 both Delaware and the nation, and it's great. We're just thinking locally. You know, we have to continue to think locally and think about, you know, county council, city council, other things that make a difference in the day-to-day lives of the average person.
0: Yeah, and, and before uh, I let you go to get back to the bar, uh, I want to get your feeling on this because with the body camps I talked to Kobe about it earlier. <clears throat> and you know, I really don't know what the you know, what the correlation is between body cams and whatever public safety is you know however that's measured i don't know how you know actually that's measured but I, I do know that you know if the police kill a guy in the street maybe we don't get the full story from a body camera but it, or but at least we get some perspective on what happened because right now uh we have really nothing And there's like a blackout about it, and we don't know what happened to this guy on Washington. Was it 28th in Washington, something like that? I mean, we and and so, you know, I, I, I don't know whether, whether the calculation is right if we look at some measurement that we don't define. Also, I actually think that uh, the funding uh, should, you know, the funding should be taken care of by an interest that has an interest in it. You know, uh, you know, I, I've said sort of half jokingly that Buccini Pollen should really fucking pay for it. You know, they have uh, black shirt uh, security on the streets, and that's okay, uh, but they can't foot the bill for what is really sort of a basic tool now. I think, and again, is it going to solve every problem? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't believe, as Kobe believes, that we're going to get a definitive answer from it. But I certainly believe that at least you have some. Perspective on it that you otherwise wouldn't. Have.
3: You know, I, and I just want to clarify. Yeah, I am for body cameras. It's a great oh uh, yeah. Tool I know. I should have tool, should have It's a that great out. tool in the tool chest. But what I'm looking at is because I asked the chief about you know uh, the GVI program. You know, group violence intervention. You know, is there enough funding for that? You know, that's things that gives um, the most at-risk youth, the most at-risk people, gives them. Job training gives them something to do, and that's really—if you look nationally, there's cities like New York that have made significant strides in public safety. It wasn't body cameras; it wasn't things like that. It was investing in people, investing in job training, investing in education—you know, making it more equal. Now, New York still has significant problems with, you know, significant wealth gap, but at least in terms of public safety, they're one of the safest cities in the world. So. You know we need to do some of that stuff in Delaware
0: yeah I, I I do agree and I hope you know like I said we're we're very, very happy that uh, you're where you are. We're very very happy that you're our, our house Council here the first the, of many yeah, the, our <laughs> first to many good good uh, hey.
3: uh, folks on city council we we're, 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 we're building a team.
0: Thanks so, man. thanks, Chris We'll speak to you soon.
3: I appreciate it. back to it.
0: So, uh, you guys are with the review? Yeah, uh, so I write for the review, but this
4: is just for a non published, like, we're supposed to collect quotes for one of our journals in class. Oh,
0: okay. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys got? What, what, do you have questions? What do you, you want to talk about?
4: Well, so we heard, uh, I basically, everything boils down to a bit of background of who you are as a voter and why and what brought you to this debate party.
0: So, here it is um, I am active in politics uh, here in Delaware and in Wilmington. Uh, I've been more active for about the last three years. I was sort of uh, associated with the Eugene Young campaign uh, when he ran for mayor uh, in 2016. I was uh, associated uh, and uh, supported the Kerry Harris campaign when she ran for Senate in 2018. And uh, beginning of this year, I decided to start a podcast, a leftist podcast in the area uh, called Highlands Bunker. Um, Carl uh, Stomberg, the uh, university super producer extraordinaire, as uh, one of my partners, uh, as is Margaret. Who? Um, and so I've I've actually worked with Kobe, who is the host tonight on a lot of different things, both campaign oriented and activist oriented. Uh, he was, he was with, uh, or maybe I sh- it's better to say that I was with him yesterday, uh, and Carrie Harris, uh, and Carrie Harris's mom, Jenny Harris, in Washington, D.C., uh, doing a lot of actions yesterday, supporting a lot of people who were protesting and supporting a lot of people who got arrested. Um, so yeah, yesterday he asked if I wanted to, uh, take the podcast on the road and kind of get people's reaction and sort of get him in to sort of comment on it. Um, so that's what we're doing. Well,
4: that's amazing. Can you tell me more about what happened yesterday and the protests that were going on?
0: Uh, yeah, we did it. We, we, um, I've worked with a lot of these different groups before. One of the main groups that I've worked with is the Center for Popular Democracy. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter, uh, on at CPD Action. Uh, and, yeah, we did a bunch of different things yesterday. We... Protested uh, the um, Judiciary Committee where they were, hear- uh, they were hearing the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the judge who has been uh, put up by by Trump for the court. And I can't remember his name. Ma- Manish, Manish, whatever his name is. He's a fucking ghoul. He's a monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was a huge protest outside the hearing room and the, in the uh, I don't know if it's was in Hart or Dirksen uh, at about ten o'clock, ten thirty. A bunch of people got arrested. Uh, we went and we delivered. Um, we delivered a book to a few senators' offices uh, that Addie Barken wrote, who's a, a healthcare activist uh, who has ALS. Uh, so we went to a few different offices to deliver the book. Um, Ron Wyden was was one of them because he's a generally a, a progressive senator who hasn't signed on to Medicare for All. Mm-hmm. Um, we just run around and bird dogged people, which means you just kind of walk in and sort of agitate <laughs> until the cops throw you out. Uh, we did that. We uh, we went into a subcommittee hearing uh, that Chris Coons is the uh, ranking member on. Uh, it was about it was ostensibly about patent law, but really it's about uh, capitalism and people's prescriptions. Uh, so we kind of, you know, we gave Coons the evil eye. So we did a bunch of different stuff. We just kind of hung out uh, in some Senate office buildings and caused trouble.
2: That's awesome.
4: So that's a lot to do. And then to come back to this debate, what brings you specifically here tonight? I mean, I know you were asked to uh, come return, but I guess what are you looking for among these different uh, possible nominees for presidency? Uh, uh,
0: I'm here actually just to sort of uh, do my my shtick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a Bernie guy. Uh, Our podcast is a Bernie podcast. Uh, I think everything else is just nonsense. Uh, I think the formats of the debates are nonsense. Yeah. I think it's like sound bites and f- foolishness and absurdity made for TV. Um, but it's part of the it's part of the show. And so when Kobe invited me to cover it, I knew I knew I would know a lot of people here. Yeah. And so I figured hey, it would be cool for Carl and I to fucking set up shop and get some reactions and get some content. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody can watch a debate uh, and sort of like decide what to do. Uh, it's just entertainment, you know. Yeah. Um. It's TV I. Entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why. Um, you know, I understand why you'd like to see how somebody performs on camera or how somebody yeah. performs under pressure. That perp- makes perfect sense to me. But the the format of the debates is sort of silly. Um. But you know, the bar is open. So, fuck it.
3: <coughs> yeah.
4: I know absolutely what you mean. It is ridiculous getting them to just get sound bites of them arguing with each other. And it's yeah. just that detracts from, because each of them, I'm, I remember watching the Republican debates like four years ago and thinking, what the hell are these people thinking? And then now at least agreeing with what they're saying, but not necessarily with how they're going to get about getting done what they want to get done. Yeah. But at least I'm hearing good things from them. But it is still just arguing for the sake of arguing for television.
0: Yeah, and again, I mean, arguing for the sake of arguing might not be that bad. I mean, uh, uh, Castro made that point earlier. I mean, that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. We should be hashing out. You know, we, we should be explaining very in very clear terms why Sanders is a, uh, a preferable candidate to every other one or why, why Warren is preferable to Yang or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that makes sense to do that. But the way in which it's done is, um, you know, it's made for TV.
4: <coughs> it does. It, it feels like the TV newscasters are given such a weird, pious role in being able to like edit and change what the individual potential nominees want to say or will try to do.
0: Well, the way they do that is by what questions they ask, yeah. right? They've done that before where they'll say, well, Senator Sanders, uh, you know, so-and-so says you're, uh, you know, a Bolshevik, Uh or they'll say you know you know whatever it, it, It's just a, it's it's just just leading leading questions yeah. to sort of get the conflict that you want to see on television now should sanders be uh, interrogated about you know what socialism means how these things are going to be paid for and why we need to expropriate the uh, the wealth of uh... of capital mm-hmm. yeah i mean he should explain why that's necessary but the way that he, the way that the the setting is f- ridiculous.
4: Could you envision a better way that isn't a town hall environment where?
0: Well, I think uh, for on it's, it's difficult because on one hand, I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to uh, limit the stage. You know, if ten people want to run, if fifteen yeah. people want to run, I I really have no problem with that. I wish it weren't so many, so you could focus on, you know, a certain number. But that's fine. But really, you need to talk about specific issues. You need to do do sort of one-on-ones or small groups and discuss it like that where people can talk for 10 or 20 minutes on a particular thing and sort of do that over time. But having 10 people on a stage to talk for three minutes at a time uh, and, and basically respond to questions that are designed specifically to create a particular narrative... Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's it's unproductive. It's not. It's not for me. You know what I mean.
4: If besides Bernie, if you could have any of these uh, potential nominees on a podcast, who would you like to talk to? Uh,
0: Marianne Williamson.
4: Really? Why is that?
0: I mean, she's the most interesting.
4: What about her? Is the most interesting compared to or? Ah, uh, because
0: she's. Um. Uh, I mean, and I say this with all due respect. Uh, and because I, I do respect her, Carl knows this. My my producer's fucking laughing in my face right now. Uh, she's interesting, you know. She doesn't. Uh, she's she doesn't do things the way that they're meant to be done. Um, she's the things people say about Trump is the same with her. But she's like a uh, a regular person and not a fucking monster. You know. and, and <laughs> do I appreciate everything she does? No. But I mean, you're asking me who I would like to have on a, a show I'm trying to market. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Say, Marianne Williamson. Marianne
4: Williamson. In uh, in the event or something that Bernie doesn't win the nomination, are you going to uh, help support the ne- next nominee? I guess. So there's not. It depends a, a who it is. Term. Depends who it is. Yeah. But there I- there would be people who you wouldn't want to uh, give support to, I guess. Uh,
0: well, yes. I mean, there's only really one person who I think has the chance to get the nomination that I would not support, and it's Biden. Really? People have, uh, have kind of pushed me to say I support any nominee, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, under- and I actually, you know, I sort of understand that sentiment, yeah. um, but I think luckily, although I appreciate the act of voting strategically, mm-hmm. I think for me living in Delaware— I could strategically not vote because I think, obviously, a Biden-Trump uh, election in Delaware is going to be one-sided, yeah. and there's no—I could, I could, in good conscience, not vote for president and not support Biden, and it would make absolutely no difference.
4: <clears throat> so, I, and I've heard that uh, to that even possible re- people who vote Republican will still uh, become Democrats in Delaware just so they have a say because Democrats tend to sweep the entire state. Yeah, more than tend.
0: I mean, that's, yeah, pretty much what happens. The only people that don't do that are, well, there's two. I mean, obviously there are Republicans in Delaware who are just entrenched, you know, sort of partisan reactionaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's people who just don't follow anything and don't really, you know, don't really mind, and I guess there's a few people who don't want to, uh, who want to c- remain independent in some fashion, because that's sort of, that makes them feel better, you know, um, so yeah, but it is a big thing, I mean, I, under, under, in a, in a perfect situation, you know, I wouldn't be a Democrat, because I don't necessarily believe in much of the things Party that they believe in, yeah. you know, because I don't, I'm not a capitalist, but. You know, I. But again, but going back to the idea of voting strategically, like it, it makes sense for me to uh, classify myself in a way that at least my vote is going to have some sort of, uh, some sort of impact, whatever, however yeah. small that might be.
4: Thank you so much. Yeah, cool, guys. Is there any questions you have us,
0: us? Absolutely not, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, consider a patronage to uh, Highlands Bunker on Patreon. <laughs> and we're on iTunes, at Highlands Bunker. Uh, smash that fucking button to uh, subscribe. And, and uh, I w- I usually ask people to consider a patronage, but you guys are students, so you don't you're not to do that.
4: We will as soon as I get that. Yeah, internal, sh- share it on so. Twitch or whatever yeah, you yeah. guys, <laughs> whatever whatever the fuck
0: you guys are doing on your gaming <laughs> machines and your are mining for Bitcoin, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Just yeah, think th- send some Bitcoin our way.
4: We'll send them some, some Bitcoin. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, fellas. That thanks for coming mean. out. Yeah. Thanks a lot.
0: Looky, looky, looky here. Here's a here's a fella who, I mean, doesn't even live in Wilmington. I don't know. I don't know why that's become a running joke. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think the reason it's a running joke is because you told me mm-hmm. that somebody bitched at you because you were talking about some Wilmington issue on the podcast and you weren't even in Wilmington. So you told me that story, so now everybody who doesn't live did in I, Wilmington, I call... I
5: tell you? I thought I heard that from... From... Who, uh,
0: yeah, Stephanie Heron sold you out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, She yeah, sold you down the fucking river.
5: Sh- that doesn't shock me in the least.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Whitaker, the man, the myth, the legend. I return. He's back. What's your uh, what's your take on this mess tonight?
5: I'll be honest, like I didn't watch any of it, That's so very I good. don't really have like a good opinion. So I don't know. Um, from what I saw, like Biden kind of stumbled around a lot. I mean, it's basically been like a replay of you know the past two debates, except there's just one stage now. So I don't know. Like I said, I missed a lot of it. So
0: actually, you didn't miss it.
5: Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the uh, feeling I've, I've been getting, especially from like the, yeah, the last half hour of it. so I don't
0: know. Yeah, I was happy with the turnout. Everybody seems sort of into it, which is good, but which is weird. Why would you be into this? I, only that's, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. like I'm not sure what that means. It
5: means you have weird friends, Rob.
0: Well, look. To be perfectly honest with you, I was had to be talked into coming here.
5: <laughs> Who talked you into coming
0: there? Uh, nobody really talked me into it. We um, so yesterday, uh, Kobe, Carrie, Carrie's mom, Jenny, and I mm-hmm. went to D.C. Uh, just to do you know a bunch of agitating, whatever,
5: uh, the standard Kobe uh, stuff,
0: right. And so on the way home, so we Kobe and I stayed at Carrie's in Dover mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Because uh, Carrie's mom also lives in Dover So we could all leave at like 6 o'clock in the morning So uh, Kobe drove me down Tuesday night And then afterwards Yesterday night he's driving back to Wilmington from Dover Mm -hmm. We're just shooting the shit talking about whatever And we get near home And he was like yeah um, You know I'm doing The the Delaware Democratic Black Caucus uh, debate Party at Chelsea Tavern like, do you? Can you bring the podcast equipment there? Like, can you break it down? I'm like, ah, not really. I mean, I could. I, you know, I, let me see if Carl's available. And so I text Carl. Carl's like, oh yeah, I am available actually. Carl, why would you say you're available? <laughs> 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 Carl was already oh, obligated pretty to pretty come here. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so but so then I so I tell Kobe I'm going to come and then I realize like I talked to Chris Johnson this morning and he was like, "Yeah, I'm coming." And I was like, "Actually, it could be it could be kind of dope like to set up shop and like get people's reactions and just like hang out cuz we haven't done like a remote thing." And so, I
5: mean, I I'll, I'll give you this. It, it, the idea is sound, but, you know, it's just the uh, the actual you know, show was not great. So,
0: well, I mean, the debate wasn't great. This podcast is fucking oh. fire.
5: Uh, well,
0: we did have... Uh, You're a man we d- of self-promotion. We had, I'll give you that. We had Debbie. We had Debbie on, number yep, one. you did. Number two, we had Chris Johnson, who's now a newly minted uh, city council person. Uh, we had Kobe. Anytime you can have Kobe. I mean... And I understand we're going to have John here, who's speaking to a, 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 a candidate who cannot be named... This
5: weird,
0: mysterious candidate. See? Carl sometimes... So uh, can
5: we say who it is?
0: No. Fair. I tell you what, Carl is... uh, He runs a tight ship. Carl
5: is also on
0: her ship, so... Oh, that's the ship I was talking... This ship is barely a ship. Oh, yeah. This ship is a dinghy. Yeah. That's a ship. Even (laughs) Carl... This is not a ship. This is more like a... uh, Like a fishing boat that you would take out into the bay. Um... But yeah, so I, th- I think it's gonna be it's like, just interesting shit. So I think it worked out okay. I mean, the debate itself is nonsense, but this is good. All right. Well, did you see my did you see my bit with Don Allen?
5: Oh, the uh, the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I saw that you put it up. I haven't listened to it yet.
0: You know what? Get out of that seat, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're kicking we're kicking Josh out. Me get me get and
5: out. Don talked about it. <laughs> Folks, I mean,
0: uh, this is a uh, almost, message from so much time.
5: I heard you're on uh, on uh, iTunes now. Is that true?
0: I am. Yes. Well, I, I mean, mean, I'm not fair, Carl. Carl. Actually, to be perfectly honest, Carl set that up. Pound All that! Right. Uh, pound that! Uh, subscribe button. Pound it.
5: I mean, I put a plug for you. So, on on to be fair, on your podcast, so
0: a plug for me on my podcast. What did you do?
5: The iTunes thing.
0: Folks, I'm sorry for uh, having Josh sit down. This will never... I'll never... Yeah, that's fair. I get that. Do this that. again. I understand You know that. what? Get the fuck out. All right. So uh, here uh, we've, we've located uh, a gentleman's come up from upstairs, I think. Uh, John. Do you yes. W- you want to yep. give your last name or no? Just John. Just John's fine. And it's it's come to our attention that we, we might have sort of a, a, a right-wing guy, a Trump guy. Uh, yeah, so did you just wander down to see what was going on?
6: Yeah, I, I came over here not knowing what was going on. I was upstairs, and I was told that there was a viewing party going on, so I came down to check it out. Um, I, I, I like politics in general, so I just came down, and I, I, I came to give it a view, and... Um, that's how that's how I ended up here.
0: So, what was your what, what's your uh, takeaway? I mean, how'd you feel just about the scene, watching the debate, and all that?
6: Well, again, as um, as a Trump supporter, I, I came away pretty happy about what I saw. I th- I thought it was a lot of um really crazy off the wall left wing stuff that a lot of independents aren't going to support. Um, there is one person I'm a little bit worried about, but I I don't think she's gonna weather the uh, the the Democrat primary, so uh, it's not it's not gonna matter in the end.
0: So what what do you what do you think is uh, is crazy? What would you say crazy about it? What what do you what do you think is crazy about it?
6: They're they're talking about buying guns back. That they're the the this mandatory buyback program that are guns that were never owed to the government in the first place. So it's. It's like they, they they bought these guns from an from a third party party, and now the government's gonna going and say that we 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 are we're gonna buy your guns back, which was never owed to the government in the first place. I, I just I don't understand that it's it's almost it's almost the whole reason that the Second Amendment was put into place is so that, so that we we could have our own militia and now they're going to be buying back guns that aren't owed to them. So I, I just, I, I find that bizarre. Do
0: you think that the government has uh, the, the 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 legal right to decide, wha- like, what should be out in the street? Whether it's guns, like, not just guns, but, like, drugs, what kind of cars, like, for example, like, there's certain kind of cars, like, you can't make a car anymore without seatbelts, right? Mm-hmm. It's against the law. And there's lots of things like that that you used to be able to get things that were sort of dangerous, Mm -hmm. and now you can't get them anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that that's uh, an appropriate application of democratic government?
6: I I do in the sense of what you're saying. I I, I think that um, there should be a grandfather law that we, we, we could, in a sense, no longer... Sell automatic weapons to individuals, but I don't think that um, we should enact a mandatory buyback program. Um, it sounds it, it, it again. It sounds like what we were fighting against in the first place is that we should have our own militia. But um, I do I, I do believe that we should begin to take these guns off the streets. But I don't think it, it should be a grandfather law.
0: Okay, so you think like if they. So, if the government, sort of like they did in the '90s, would ban certain kinds of assault or like war weapons, whether mm-hmm. they be, you know, tow missiles or, you know, whatever, AR-15s or whatever, they can they can ban that kind of weapon, but it can't be retroactive because of the situation. Yeah, people I, already own them.
6: Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's appropriate. I think that those guns don't be- belong on the streets, but. You know, a lot of the active gun owners that have those weapons are are law-abiding citizens. So I don't think we should penalize them by taking their weapons away. But I don't believe going forward that those weapons should be on the streets. So the people that have them currently should have them until they die. And then when they die, those guns go away. Um, But I don't think we should try to put in some place... Like Beto O'Rourke was saying, where we we there's a mandatory buyback program. I, I I think that's wrong. Well, I
0: think it's important to know, and we noted with some people here. You know, I'm I'm while I'm happy that Beto O'Rourke sort of um, gave us his opinion, and he was he was honest enough to say this is what I think. Um, you know, I don't think anybody who really has a chance to win the nomination thinks that. You know what I mean? It's sort of like rhetoric. He just, mm-hmm. just sort of you know just sort of said it. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think we have uh, a lot to worry about about that. But you, you you, mentioned something else, which I think is important. This idea that, like, there's no real inherited um, right. So, you know, if we decide that, you know, you can't paint your house with lead paint or you can't put lead, leaded uh, gasoline in your car or maybe you can't have a car that runs on gasoline or whatever it happens to be, That there's a period of time where you can't just in perpetuity just Mm -hmm. say it's okay because it was okay before. That sometimes you have to make a decision like, hey, it's probably not cool to do this, and there's some sort of transition. But because I I I kind of agree with that, like I I don't see things like in black and white. People see the thing that Beto said, um, but you know he was just giving his opinion. You know, and I think that there there is some middle ground, and and you know, you're not as, uh, you know, your 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 opinion isn't that radical, really. No. We're, we're, we almost, yeah. you know, you and I almost think the same thing.
6: Yeah, um, like like I said, a lot of a lot of the people that have these assault rifles are law-abiding citizens. We we get these off cases, which are terrible, where these people that shouldn't have guns in the first places, they they get they get in possession of them, and they they uh, they they kill mass amounts of people. We don't want that, but we we don't want to we don't want to negatively affect the people that are law abiding citizens. We we want to take. We, I'm all I'm all about red flag laws. I'm all about. Um, we, we we there should be mandatory uh, background checks. Um, I'm I'm all for that. But but there are the vast majority of Americans are are. A, law-abiding citizens saying we shouldn't take their guns away just because of a few bad apples well let's get all let me, let me get before we split
0: let me get your feeling on some other stuff because there's there's some hot button issues like like guns or this or that like that people talk about all the time but I don't think that they're as relevant uh, in people's lives as a lot of people think they are um, some of the other concepts that came up about Medicare for all about the minimum wage, about taxation, uh, to make sure that working people have the opportunity to sort of live a little better and they're not, they're not burdened with uh, health care costs, they're not burdened with a lot of these other things that uh, sort of oligarchs aren't burdened with. Um, do you think about those? What do you have a feeling about any of those issues, sort of economic and sort of um, civil rights issues? Do you, do you think about any of those? Well,
6: yeah, I, I do because um, I work for a corporation where I do get the benefit of having a uh, my health and dental and vision, er, er, everything's covered. It, it, it's 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 a uh, pay deduction, but I, I it, it's something that's afforded to me for working for a for a corporation. But you know, it's always been the the Democrats have always been the party of tax hikes, and Republicans have always been the party of tax cuts. And it's because the Democrats want tax hikes is because they want to pay for everybody else that doesn't work and for all the for the, all the social care and all of that. And um, as somebody that's grown from a working family, that's uh, I've had two working parents, it's. It is a burden having to pay for everybody else, and it, it gets tiring. So you understand where the, where the Trump support has come from because it, it, it's people that work every day. They they work five days, seven days a week, and people are tired. People are tired of working and seeing their money go to waste, and it it, it it's just it, it's well, frustra- when you when you when you when
0: when you say uh, your money goes to waste, do you have something specific in mind, like because it. You know, a, what? Where's the wasteful spending in your mind, or or in the general Trump supporters' mind? Like, where do you, where do you think that money goes where it shouldn't
6: go? Well, while we're wo- while we're working, there's people that are, and we we don't know everybody's situation, but there are people that are not working, people that probably could be working, but they're getting disability, they're getting working compensation, and it's all coming from taxpayer dollars and it's all from coming from people that pay money that are working and it's um, people are people are people are tired of paying for other people to not work let me ask you this if you had to
0: guess and you had to like there's two kinds of people there's folks that uh... for whatever reason they don't work whether they're disabled or they're older folks they're homeless um, they, you know, whatever, they just they got out of jail and they can't get another job, whatever. Those, those people and the money that we spend on, on those folks. And the money that we lose based on folks who hide money in Wilmington in LLCs or don't pay a lot of taxes to make sure that they can send their kids to fancy schools or, you know, get a lot of other benefits from society and they don't really get charged for those because our idea is that they're, they're better. They're more productive in some way. Like, where do you think more money goes to prop up sort of the status quo and the, and the business folks? Or do you think more money goes to, like, unemployment insurance?
6: Well, well I, I, I don't have the data on that because a lot of that is uh, private information. Um, a lot of private organizations... For instance, the, the Trump Organization is a private organization, so we, we, we don't really know what money goes into what, but what I will say is that there is a lot of taxpayer money that gets paid into these um, welfare programs for a lot of people that don't have to work and or choose not to work, I don't know, but... Um, a lot of the people that joined the, the, the Trump movement got tired of seeing them, their wages getting paid into something that is not coming back to them. It's a, they're paying into something that they're, they're never going to see, and people are tired of it. And
0: What if I told you that those people uh, who sort of were attracted to Trump's message because of what you just said actually should get... Uh, great health care. There, they should be able to. You know, if they if they have to take sort of an entry level, uh, whether it's a service job or a, uh, a, 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 f- a food job or whatever, they get a fair wage. Um, they they don't have to pay uh, exorbitant amounts of interest. Uh, what if you knew that they were that those folks were going to be able to feel secure? Uh, would that change your mind about sort of the how, how you can have a social democracy, and that those trump supporters actually are are due that just as much as anybody else
6: well, actually, more people are joining the workforce right now, so i 'd say that the the trump, trump administration is actually thriving the government because. It, it, we've had the lowest um, unemployment rate in almost uh, three decades, and we're having more people join the work, which would actually drive... Technically, technically more people dry, joining the workforce would drive the unemployment rate up, but those people that are that are rejoining the workforce are actually... We're, we're, there's more people coming into the workforce, and we're still having unemployment rates at a record level, so I, 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 I don't see... I don't see. Yeah. Where so why
0: do you what what what? Uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think that that's a phenomenon when it's like it's sort of what we would say is counterintuitive? You know, like you wouldn't expect if if this if this statistic that seems like it's doing one thing, which should uh, indicate something good, is not really indicating that. Like it's still other like other shit still happening. How do you think? What, what do you think about that? Like, how? What, what do, well, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. can say this. This particular statistic looks great, but then we still have people out of work. We have people working two and three jobs. We have people driving for Lyft and Uber. We have people delivering food for, you know, one of these uh, apps that you know, uh, DoorDash or whatever. Yeah. Like, what? 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 How? What do you? What do you think about that? How does that?
6: Well, so we. Like like you said, we have more people joining the workforce, which is a good thing. Um, is it? It is a good thing. What um, if they?
0: What if they um, work for Walmart and they make nine dollars an hour, but their family needs food stamps and Medicaid? Is that good?
6: Well, hi- so hypothetically,
0: I'm not talking about hypothetically. I'm talking about in the real world. Like, if somebody has a kid and they work for, say, a restaurant, or they work for a retail store or they work for you know some other thing and they make nine or 10 or 11 dollars an hour and they can't feed their kids and they can't, they're, they're not, where they work doesn't afford them, um, uh, like you said, like healthcare, or they're a contractor. Like, what are they, like they're working, but they're not getting the things that you get um, as, a, as a premium, as a, as, a, as a benefit, like they don't get time off. Like, you probably get vacation. You probably get two, three, four, five weeks vacation. Uh, If you're you're sick one day or if your child, uh, I don't know if you have kids. If your kid is sick and can't go to school and your wife or your your husband can't uh, take off, like, they don't have paid time off. Like, they work, but they don't have the benefits that you have. Like, you work, and you have tons of benefits. They don't have those benefits. So they need to get food stamps just to... feed their family, like, there's a disconnect there. It's not the same thing. Like, working, one person working and another person working is not the same thing.
6: Yes, and that's something that both Republican presidents and Democrat presidents have been working for a long time. All I can say is that in hypothetical situation, if we were to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour... We, we, which is what Bernie, Ber, Bernie Sanders, and a lot of other people have uh, ad, advocated for. So, a family that is both on minimum wage, they're at, they're get, they're getting fifteen dollars an hour. So that's thirty dollars in hel, hel, household and income. Now, all of a sudden, companies cannot afford them, so they get cut in half. So the,
0: what gets cut in half now? What?
6: Well, well, I'm, I'm just saying that hypothetically, if a husband and wife. They're making $15 an hour, which is more than what's currently the minimum wage. So the current income for the ha- is $30 an hour. If that were to happen, companies have to cut people because that, it's, it's beyond what they, they, they can scale. It's beyond the scale. So all of a sudden, it goes from, you know, you're, they're getting $20 an hour. If, if it was $10 an hour, they, they're now getting 15 versus 10 so they, they lose five dollars an hour. So the, the raising the minimum wage makes no sense for for corporations or for families because hypothetically they're losing money if if they're all working on minimum wage.
0: Like I can understand why it makes no sense for the corporation. I, I'm unclear why it makes.
6: Yeah, I mean, when they're you losing s- five dollars. Well, hour. they're not in a hypothetical situation. Correct.
0: The, Correct. I don't think it. I don't think it hurts the 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 person who's making more money. It may quote unquote hurt the corporation, but I would uh, I would say that that's what's necessary. For example, the reason that there's a lot of um, the, the the feeling that you described that drove people to sort of support Trump, I think would be ameliorated by people making more money. Uh, The I I, my concern my concern about how it affects the corporation is not as high as how it would affect a person and you know I'm as concerned about Trump supporters as I am about any supporters and I think that I'm not concerned about how a billionaire makes another two million dollars. Do you know what I mean. Yep. No, nope. so I totally agree. This, yeah. So this is the this is the kind of thing we got to work out. But, dude, I, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, man.
6: Oh, I, I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you brought me in. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming down and hanging out. With yeah. us. Had a good time. Yeah. Cheers,
0: man. Thanks, John.
6: Thank you.